This is So Long Too Long, a true-to-life recounting of a band that, despite their very best efforts, seemed destined to break into the big time if they could only overcome one hurdle, themselves. If they weren't quite four lads who shook the world, they certainly gave their postcodes a tremble. My name is Matty, and in episode one, along with my mates Rowie and Stee, we detailed how and when we formed the greatest band in the world, the Albany, and the grand plans we drew up on day one. That was the easy bit. The next step was putting it into action. In an act of determination that was not too often replicated in the subsequent years, we got straight down to things. There were nations to conquer, scenes to demolish, and we didn't have a second to waste. The naming of the band was a relatively straightforward and typically half-arsed affair. We met in a beer garden and tossed a few ideas around. The only serious suggestion I can recall is Rowie's idea of Janus. Now, naming after ourselves after the two-faced goddess who can simultaneously see the future and the past wasn't a bad idea, and we weren't wholly averse to it, but it somehow just didn't ring right. We couldn't picture ourselves saying it out loud on stage, and we thought it sounded a bit more mystic and ambiguous than we knew we'd be. The other suggestions I can recall came from Stee. Mercifully, we vetoed his idea of calling ourselves the cunts, or more colourfully, the crazy gang of cunts, crazy or the K. But eventually, otherwise bereft of inspiration, we looked to the heavens, or at least the sign above the door, and simply opted for the name of the public house we found ourselves in. We're called the Albany now. Sound. Job done. So, yeah, so that is essentially how, uh, <laughs> no great revelation, we formed in a pub called the Albany, and uh, we called our band the Albany. But, we, like, we, we didn't, on that very, very first night, we didn't go, let's call ourselves the Albany. It was just the band, wasn't it? The band, yeah. Yeah. It's quite simple. <laughs> yeah, we're in our band, our band, whatever, but we weren't like, we're the Albany. We had everything else. We had our manifesto. We had our going to take on the world, but we didn't have our name the at first, so... I think we just probably yeah. like to people, yeah, we're in a band. What do you call that? We didn't we struggle with the band name, really, didn't we? A, a band we did, actually, yeah. really tough to like. It is. Because everything sounds ridiculous when you say it the first the, time. The, there's no yeah. good band name ever. No. 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 It's, it's, if the band's good, then you just accept the jag name. Yeah. And yeah. then you go, yeah, it's a brilliant name, brilliant name. Yeah. But for us, I remember like struggling. So once I like wrap my head around the idea of actually being in a band... And you're trying to be a bit artsy, whatever. And in college, we were reading Shakespeare. I don't even know what play it was, but there was a character or whatever. A line was by Janus. No, I was like, oh, Janus, what's that? And it's like Roman two-faced God. When you see the little asterisks on the page, what's that? And the Roman two-faced God. I was like, well, I ain't got nothing else in my ass pocket, so I'll float that one out. And oh, obviously, that's, a good place, that. that's where it should have stayed. Janus. Yeah, we're yeah. close to the anus. But like, as soon as you float it out, then you just go, well, that's just anus with a J on the front. So, nah, we're not going to go for that. I can remember you yeah. suggesting it, and I remember like. It wasn't as if I went, no, sad off. It's not like Steve's suggestion, you know, with a cunt. <laughs> I stand by it. Say what you see. <laughs> yeah. 
But with Janus or Janus, I, I do remember like, uh, I don't love it, but not not strong enough because I didn't have any idea either. So I was like, uh, he's trying, but he's, yeah, yeah, and I haven't got anything better. And we, we threw a few around, and I think we had to kind of imagine saying it on stage. And I think again, linking back to the last episode, <laughs> Janus, we were like, it's just not rooty enough. Like, <laughs> again, what's that mean? I don't know. I don't know, but it's just not rooty yeah. enough. It has. Too fancy. Yeah, I, th- I think. Trip I think that's what, Yeah, yeah. I think we were. Um, Have you seen the state of us? <laughs> I think it was. I think I think that was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure this is a theme that will emerge time and time again. The more we talk, but we we were keen not to, not even not to get ideas above our station. We were keen to just like stay deep dirt in the ground. Do you know what I mean? We were like. No, we don't want to sound pretentious at all. We don't want to sound, I mean, pretentious as if, as if like that is pretentious. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, yeah. it was pretentious if it wasn't the Lars at that time. So Janus was, it was all right. And then I do Steve saying the cunt to go, no, no, okay, okay. What about? Oh yeah, we all the crazy gang of cunt. <laughs> really? Oh Steve, fuck off! And he's like, no, 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 no. Crazy has got a K. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I stand by it. <laughs> also, I remember, again, and this is like a theme, I think, <laughs> for us, but definitely when I think back for myself, that I got really militant about it. Like, I didn't have Thatcher to hate. And yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, I didn't really understand what they were doing, but I just thought, <laughs> yeah, they're all right, whatever. So I had the Albany that used to serve me underage, so I was, like, religiously, like, in love with yeah. that place. Yeah. And then... The Lars, which was like fanatic about. So then when we went around gigs and we like, we're the Albany, or heard any other band name, I was straight away, they're shite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's based it, yeah. on the name. Yeah. What, what name, the... Really, it's like you're named after the pub lads in Ultra One. I know, so, that, that, that's something that would come back to haunt us many years later, <laughs> but uh, that's for a, a later episode. But yeah, so what other band name? Like there was there was Cup, wasn't that, who Paul Barron left the Jimmy Savile experience for? What other bands were around at the time? But again, any these spot on, any name, anything remotely, <sighs> anything remotely creative, <laughs> we were just like, nah, nah, not having that, not having that. Yeah. But it still happens now, What's that? Right. No, like it still happens now, doesn't it? With like band names, because yeah. it there, there ain't a good one. There isn't a there isn't a good band name. Like mm-hmm. the the perfect one is ironically like the Lars, but <laughs> like yeah. aside from that, like there's not an out there. There's not an out there. There's no point even. I don't know why it should just be called the band, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then see how far you get. Yeah, until like oh no, you need a name now. You need a name just so we can like categorize or whatever alphabetical yeah. order. Maybe like the K. In crazy cunts, <laughs> like K's like in the middle of the alphabet, so that might have helped, like on like the filing system. The Maybes was a good name, actually. I'll give them that because I yeah. like the way they used to do the spray paint round town, didn't they? Around like Old Swan and Kenny, yeah. just the uh, the question mark, and then the Maybes was a. But again, that's because they were a good band and they were clearly sound lads and they were similar, similar ethos to us, except yeah. they actually had the shit together. But I remember when we actually we were out. I remember. Bizarrely, I don't know why this sticks in my head, but I was really stricken with hay fever. It was the first summer I'd ever had hay fever, and like my eyes were streaming. And I just remember like, looking up and seeing the Albany. I was like, "Why don't we just call ourselves the Albany?" I remember like no one was crazy on it. It's not as if we were like, "That's it, that's it, he's done it, he's done it." It was just very much like about the Albany and like short of any other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, "Yeah, sounds." It's it's one less thing. It's to better worry than Ailes and the crazy cunts. <laughs> <laughs>
The next stage was finding somewhere to rehearse. Handily, in Stee, we had three vital components for this. A drum kit, an attic bedroom, and two extremely patient, loving parents who let us practice up there over Saturday afternoon after my shift at Woolworths had finished. Stee's attic bedroom was quickly rechristened Bucko's Bar, on account of the sheer volume of ale that worked its way up Stee's ladder. Most of this was obtained from the off-licence at the end of Stee's Road, ran by a character we referred to as Groovy Gary. A thoroughly downbeat man, Groovy Gary was decisively ungroovy. He was rakishly thin and adorned oversized glasses that made his eyes appear huge against his tiny head, giving his face a vaguely amphibian look, in addition to wearing faded Metallica and Iron Maiden t-shirts, which were two sizes too big for him and hung off his bony frame against skin that was so white it was practically translucent. Stood behind plexiglass, Groovy Gary was the proprietor of a bizarre store that seemed to suck any outside light inwards into a dusty, barely-stocked emporium, selling beers and ciders that I have never heard of before and never have since. Our tipple of choice, no doubt due to its cheap pricing, was a beer that came in a baby-sick brown can called Viborg Pills. In writing this, I've tried to find any information on Viborg Pills, and other than one grainy picture on Google Images, cannot find any reference to it, making me question whether it ever actually existed at all. Such was Groovy Gary's. So do you remember Groovy Gary? Uh, yeah, Groovy Gary was like a, a staple in the area, wasn't he? Like we, yeah. we, I think we were going to him, we had like a mate who, he didn't even look 18, he used <laughs> no. to get served. He, like, and he used to buzz off us all because he used to get like served didn't he it was always <laughs> yeah. crap ale and like we'd all throw in like two quid oh god and then he'd go yeah. and, and we'd be like go go into groovies and just get like <laughs> a couple of cans of like fireball pills or carbon whatever, white like, cider carbon white cider and it was always the pits and he always oh, yeah. he always came out with a blue things like a blue bag wasn't yeah, it like, yeah just yeah. like Mondesco blue bag of ale and we went to the corner and you know did what we used to do <laughs> But he was just, he was always there. And I can't remember where the nickname came from. I think it was from uh, our next door neighbour. And he said, like, I remember him referring to the off-license as Groovy Gary's. Oh, and was that I just, like... just, I think so, yeah. And it just stuck in my head. And I was like, he's the most ungroovy person ever. <laughs> but it's, it's that genius of a nickname. Yeah, like, yeah. And then, oh, God, we used to, <laughs> I remember, God... I was I was a bit of a wimp, and I probably still am. But I remember when we were about fifteen, sixteen, because he, he his shop it's gone now. It's I think it's a tattoo parlor. Tattoo or, shop yeah, in it yeah. Now, yeah. But it, it opened out straight onto a main road, and I remember <laughs> I was on the other side because I was too chicken to do it. I remember staying Cody running past it and just <laughs> lobbing a stink bomb in there. <laughs> I just remember it. <laughs> I remember watching you two lob it in there and leg it on. I just take it and go ah for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fella. I know, I know, I know. Well, to, to be honest, I'm glad he's got a name because I, I was thinking about Groovy Gary, but to me, it was just like a slender man type like fucking figure <laughs> because like Matty yeah, said before, like that offy just sucked in all the light, all the light. Yeah. And but at the end of the Perspex fucking corridor <laughs> was just this shadowy, gangly figure. And like like I say, like like a slender man a slender yeah. man even like if something happened in that shop. And the police say, gives a description. I wouldn't have had a clue what to say. I would have just said, like, an eight-foot shadow. That's all it would have been. That's all it would have been. It was one of those places where, like, the shelves would have, like, one tin of beans 
like a big long shelf, you know. It was like a pantry, wearing an offering. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And with, like, I get a tiny black and white TV. And, uh, oh, That's what God. we watched on that, John. <laughs> yeah, it might well have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time walking out and uh, one of us shouting, cheers, groovy, and we were halfway across the main road and we just did. No beds. <laughs> <laughs> remember, I'm, I remember outside that shop, I was called a biffed. <laughs> uh, I've never been called a biffed since. And like the person who said it was a bad eight, he just said, you biffed. <laughs> and, yeah, but, didn't we Didn't we genuinely think about that as a band name at one point? Yeah, the, the biffeds. We did. I did like that name. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to thank the eight-year-old ones left, but you biffed. <laughs> Fantastic. So that was that, and Bible Pills was our choice. It's, it's, it's so bizarre that, like... We spoke about this many times over the years. That it's just was it? I mean, it was a thing, but it, you just can't find any information on it at all. No, I've, have like, I've like I've went on the dark web trying to get. <laughs> Didn't it have like, any cricket stumps on the ah. finger? No, it had like a, a weird ship. It was like this cream coloured can, wasn't it? Like this yeah. off white. Yeah, and I think it had a ship on it, and like really like bright red writing that said like. Like Viborg and then the premium pills or something. There's not Good premium God. about it, was it? It was exclusive pills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was but yeah, a, yeah. But that but that yeah. fueled many an afternoon in a Bucko's bar, as we as we called it. Now that was that was a den of iniquity, wasn't it? That that was like everyone scraped the fiver together, <laughs> got the blue bag from Groovies. <laughs> but it was it was either Viborg pills or out of date Labat ice. <laughs> it was. Yeah. God, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And I'd be there, oh, just to add to the glamour, I'd be there in my Woolies uniform because I'd just come straight from <laughs> my shift and have it in Road Woolies. Well, being in the band by this point, I was glad to get my membership into Bucko's Bar <laughs> <laughs> via the Labatai, so whatever. <laughs> well stocked and thirsty, we would haul our cargo up into Bucko's Bar and get to work. I'd bring a tape dictaphone to record everything for posterity and we'd plug our replica guitars into tiny amps and go for it. We didn't have any microphones, so I'd essentially have to shout to be heard, which meant that I quickly developed a style of singing that persists to this day that very often just feels like me trying to shout in tune. In truth, I can't recall the very first practice, and from a distance, many of these afternoon sessions now appear to me dreamlike, blaring into each other as we guzzled whatever cat piss we could scrape together the pennies for. One thing I can recall is that we were often not alone, and for most of these momentous gatherings, we were joined by our mate, Bob. Now, I feel I must talk about Bob for a minute here. Bob was in the same classes as Rowie and our other mate Cody at school, but had jacked six form in as his family owned a scaffolding company and he was guaranteed work there. Bob was, and remains, a bit of an enigmatic character. His name wasn't actually Bob, but most people knew of him for two things he possessed, an ironclad liver and a huge knob, both of which we saw plenty of over the years. None of us quite knew exactly what Bob did within the scaffolding firm, but he always had money, wads of cash that he carried around in the short he wore whatever the weather. Bob would bankroll us time after time in our quest for ale and he would easily drink us and any other grown man under several tables before simply vanishing. We wouldn't hear from him throughout the next week but then he'd turn up for the next Saturday sessions as if nothing had happened without any explanation for his disappearing act the week before. 
He didn't play any instruments and would rarely pass comment on the music we played, but Bob was most definitely in the inner circle of the Albany. Uh, it, it always just like ended up this like so like would come up up my ladder into the loft with a big bag of cans and then there'd be Bob sitting there with his shorts on even if it was like he's just waiting four. he's waiting for us he'd give us the yeah. money you must have slept there <laughs> didn't you feel him <laughs> every time we were playing I'm playing on little little Tamworth amps mm. and then it'd go that'd go on for about three hours and then we'd put the lars on Inevitably. The lights off. Inevitably. <laughs> yeah, that's how it go. I remember one time Cody passing out and we we just put all our empties around him, like a a chalk outline of a body on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bob was uh, just there, man. Bob was I mean, we, we, we we're still in contact with Bob, still love him very much, but I, I still I, he, he's just he's 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 Bob, isn't he? He's he's an enigma. Like we didn't know he what he did. Enigma. He'd vanish and then He'd come turn back the next week with a black eye or oh yeah, I lost my shoes. What do you mean you lost your shoes? Just shake his head and uh and you, you just you, knew, you knew you knew you knew yeah. yeah and you knew not to ask anymore. <laughs> and he was always in shorts. Always wearing <laughs> shorts. Yeah. Whenever like you try and like, explain him and say like he had venues as a 17, 18 year old, the caveat. Yeah. He had shorts behind the bar of a number of <laughs> bars in town. <laughs> Which is mental. So, like, whatever bar you were in, when the bouncers started to shift six, seven o'clock, he'd go over to the barmaid and say, Gives me kicks. <laughs> and then he wouldn't get kicked out for the rest of the night. And he, 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 like, he funded, he, to be fair, oh, yeah. he funded a lot of our behavior because he was the only one that had a job. Like, he was in school, but he always had, like, a role of money. There's always, like, a wad. And it's a bit of scaffolding. He was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he was our benefactor. Like he, yeah. he fueled fueled many a Saturday session, like uh and that's our Bobby. Yeah. yeah. He was our roadie that never did any work. It's worth pointing out at this point we didn't have a bass player, but this was something that simply didn't bother us. It wasn't as if we were making a conscious stylistic decision here. We weren't trying to be the White Stripes or the Doors. We just didn't have a bassist and wouldn't have a bassist until we had a bassist. Regardless of this, we spent the first few weeks getting to grips with the no doubt soon to be classics ad penned. The first song we spent our time honing was called Lightning Struck Twice, although we referred to it as Licking Wood due to Steve's habit of renaming our songs with sometimes vaguely, sometimes brutally explicit sexual references. Most of these references would initially fly over my naive head, and as a result, Steve would take great delight in explaining them to me as I reacted with horror or bemusement. Steve was essentially a walking edition of the Urban Dictionary, way ahead of his time, and was nothing if not a trailblazer. Lightning Struck Twice, or Licking Wood, was a song that featured me playing harmonica, and on reflection was actually quite a decent song. It was a somewhat more mature song compared to the other songs I was writing at the time, but suffered from a malaise that persisted across most of my songs. It went on forever. We didn't care at this point, though. We were just made up we could get through five minutes without falling apart. The chords were simple, which was handy, as when Robbie told us on that fateful first night he'd just got a guitar and we instantly decided to form a band, we willingly overlooked the fact that it was his first guitar and he was still getting to grips with his fretboard. 
But there are fewer forces in the world as strong as adolescent arrogance. And overlooking all of this, we ploughed on and quickly felt like we'd done it. We'd completed our first proper song. Surely the rest just had to fall into place. So as I say in the, in the narrative, like I can't remember the first one. I wish I could, but because um, we were doing it every Saturday for a, a good while. They, they've all kind of blared into one, but the the the, the early prackies, they would follow uh, a pattern. We'd meet in the Albany, have a pint there, go to Groovy Gary's, usually with Bob's money, bring the ale up, and then we'd start playing. Now at that point, I probably had about four, or four I probably told Rowley I had four albums, but I only had about four or five finished songs. Um, but we did have to grapple with the fact that um, Rowley, like, you couldn't play guitar at that point and like our arrogance was only going to get us so far. Oh, so like you're saying you had four or five songs, I had about four or five chords. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have been all right if you used them five chords. Yeah. Probably did, like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, the magic days, I, I, I have got a pile of tapes somewhere that I reckon I've got some recordings of those early days, but like, what, what's your, uh, your recollection of those days? Well, my recollection of them is like, Obviously, like, I was coming up to, like, Buckles Bar for the first time, so <laughs> I was like, it was, it was nerve-wracking, to be honest, and I'm like, I only know, like, these few chords, whatever, like, but I think the week before, like, uh, Teenage Kicks, and I remember, like, we did that for a fair bit. <laughs> teenage kicks yeah, yeah for about 20 minutes me, yeah. <laughs> I was like if I just if I just keep on playing these chords <laughs> it's it's that. teenage kicks <laughs> but like come, coming up to your room Steve that was like I'd, like every like late teenager getting into music that it was just a dream like all the posters on the wall and mm. like you used to have like top tens all printed out your your yeah. own top tens like oh, top yeah. ten albums. Uh, it was it was it was amazing. It was an amazing place to be. Like so many records and CDs. Like mm-hmm. you just it, it was it was we were all in our elements. Well, yeah. I, I, like it yeah. was it was boss to like start being a part of that. Like as a band member, as but even more like as a mate. Mm. Like, yeah, they were great days. They, were, they really were great days. And like the foundations were laid for like the band there. And like, yeah, as 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 much as the Albany was the perfect band name and the place to form a band, the best way and the best place to like hone everything was upstairs yeah. in your loft. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. And it was equally as daft. Now, knowing what we know now and the years that followed after it, well, we spot on it. We had to form in the Albany because it was a proper dive of a boozer, no glamour, and we had to cut our teeth in Steve's bedroom because <laughs> it was just daft. It was a loft conversion, but there was no like extension, so I'm small, but even I'd bang my head. And do you remember, Robbie? We used to say we used to get our hair caught in like the yeah, the, you the like, you had a, a central beam running that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm no, I'm no way like way he whatever, but you had the central beam, and you were Matty like. There was no danger to use, but Matty's hair <laughs> made up for like the, the, the height. But like, I'd, I'd be crouched over, and this central exposed beam would just pull out hairs from your head as you're practicing. Yeah. But like, it must have looked like we were a grunge band if you took a photo, because we're all just like staring down and like bang into it, whatever. But yeah, it was it was a death trap because I don't think you had like a, a barrier no, covering no. the hatch. Well, my did dad, you? Yeah, my dad like. Built it with his mate, and like 
I remember the, the reason it was so dark when it's got the one window is because my dad went, oh, we won't stick it on the front because the council might spot it. <laughs> and I want to inspect it. So like that, that was basically like the whole job. It was like, oh, oh, we won't do that. Uh, there's oh, never going to be I'm four like... lads up here sweating playing guitars. <laughs> <laughs> we only need this one point of ventilation. We're all right to you. God, yeah, yeah. And uh, I forgot about all that, all the, your, your top tens and uh, the, the the vinyl. Because we're saying it now, vinyl, blase, but like, you know, back then, vinyl, no one no one was playing vinyl. So, you oh, know, we, no. so it was cool. Like, me and you had a vinyl player, but like, it, it it felt very cool to come into yeah. a place where you had all your, your vinyl covers on the wall. I mean, I know it's dead commonplace now, but it, it was spot on. And then there's yeah. the um, <laughs> it was the <laughs> your, your stash of um, your blue DVDs that we got from the Albany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing when someone used yeah, to come yeah. on the pub and sat there, and it was like, oh, you'd like pretend and look at Die Hard or whatever it was or whatever. Some, die Hard. You know, I don't know why that came into me. That wasn't a new film, was it? Die but, Hard. Like, you go to it, oh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. And they'd be like, let's have a look at the other stuff. <laughs> I've humoured you. We'll play this game long enough. <laughs> yeah, but what's, what's brilliant is that we're making a sound with this really cool space, but like in the middle of it, it was like your clothes rail. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dirty socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, just, bot- I just remember having that great poster behind my drum kit, and we went to see the Coral, didn't we? Like maybe a year or so before that, and yeah. they, the Coral signed at the Zootons before they got signed. They just yeah. had all kinds of like signatures oh, yeah. and like some random ones from security that tried to kick us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it was. It was. That's why where I say like it's quite intimidating because like. You did like the bullshit spiel of like hooking me in and all that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then you go up to the room and it looks the part. Mm. Like, and you've got all this like gear signed by like active band members, yeah. like and like uh, yeah. the Liverpool like music scenes. Like, oh, it's, like these and all what they're talking about. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see how far we can black this. You know, <laughs> twenty minutes later into teenage kicks. <laughs> Great, this, isn't it? <laughs> so the first song we I remember working on because. It only came to me like about uh, 20 minutes before coming on my way to the studio here. Yeah. Was that Lightning Struck Twice was the first proper song Steve had heard of, of ours because the song's in the Jimmy Savile experience, uh, which for new listeners we didn't know at the time. Um, <laughs> for um, the songs for what became the Albany, I think this was the first one you heard. My mum and dad, uh, all my family had gone on holiday, but I had an A-level, so I couldn't go. But inevitably, we had a massive house party in my mum's, and uh, we got my guitar out. And I remember playing Lightning Struck Twice, and it's got a, uh, it's got a harmonica bit in it, but I didn't have a harmonica brace, so I think I asked you, Steve, to like, hold it up next to my mouth. And I was <laughs> playing it at like, three in the morning in my mum's. And I remember you being like, fuck, yeah, yes, that, that song's boss, that song's boss. So I think that's why it was the first one I brought. And also the chords were just CNF, wasn't it? It was, like yeah. dead, it was dead easy. I think there was an E minor in there somewhere. Yeah. But, my, uh, my only memory of that song is, is your harmonica going through like an amp and uh, my head <laughs> used to shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always used to be right next to me head, and then this harmonica just go like full throttle through the, through the amp. Head lungs, like honestly, just like right down here. And, but like, yeah, so that's like I said reason. before, like you used to like blagging head, so I'm I'm turning up there, and like so, like some like eighteen year old kids are whipping out an harmonica, and I'm like, what the hell? Is this? What is some Delta blues going on here? <laughs> 
<laughs> Get on this, and now you know CNF. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Vital, vital, let you know this. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're gonna play this for three hours straight. <laughs> yeah, Robin probably... Cody gonna just sit there and drink all that Labatt ice for five old kills. I probably. And, and... It ain't going <laughs> any colder. <laughs> all my songs were about three hours in those days. Oh, and then there's another verse. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, another verse. Yeah, yeah, and then there's another yeah. instrumental break. I, th- I don't know, I just couldn't end the song. But that, I, I reckon that that's felt... our finished single. It's only 11 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, 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 to the radio <laughs> edit that. But it felt like that, I felt like a proper song, didn't it? I remember, I remember teaching it to Rowie, cause, and happily the chords were, were quite easy, but I remember quite quickly thinking, yeah, yeah, we, we've... We've we've lasted there. We've lasted like the five five minutes. Friggin' <laughs> We've lasted the five minutes there. It felt like, yeah, that's we can do it now. Oh, I got got through. We're probably like falling apart, and it's like, oh, I think I might have like passed the test there. You know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like glad to get through that the longest five minutes of my life. But yeah, on the other side of it, like you say, it, it was a song at the end of the day. Oh, it, yeah. it was a song. Like it would hold up now. It was just mad that it's just free lads. And you're playing harmonica, which that, I, I can't stress is just dead weird at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just literally came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking about roots and all, like what type of roots? Are, fucking uh, scouse roots or? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. on board by this point. Yeah, but of course, it, oh, Christ, it wasn't called. The song was called Lightning Struck Twice, but uh, Steve rechristened it as Licking Wood. And uh, that that set a set a precedent for every prachy. I've got a new song, and before I'd even say what it was, they'd be give some horrendous. We had um, oh my mum's not listening. We had licking wood. We had cream pie, which I did. I just thought you were talking about a, a pastry product, and you explained what a cream <laughs> pie was, and I nearly wept. Um, what else did we have? We had snowball, which I don't want to even think about. <laughs> deep, deep throat frenzy. <laughs> More on the nose, that one. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we only we, we didn't even have any gigs lined up, so these were just for our recollection. Like these are the names of the songs, or all this filth, <laughs> just so we could write it down on a bit of paper yeah. for practice. Not not necessarily a set list, but by the, by the time like you're building up like your repertoire, it just looked like that that moody blue bluey list that the DVD <laughs> fella would have asked. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I think, I think I don't want Diad, I want Lick and Wood <laughs> now. I think for all See, like I, me bravado at the time and all, I think I was genuinely like nervous of kind of saying because we had no microphones, you couldn't hear what the lyrics were because I was just shouting because we, we had no microphone and we didn't know how to sort volume. In fact, we never learned how to sort our volume out. Everything was just no. up to ten. Well, I'm surprised that we had even like two guitar amps because my, my guitar was part of a starter bundle. So I, I, I. I definitely had my gear. I had my guitar, my yeah. free guitar strap, <laughs> three plex, and a ten watt amp. Yeah. So when I'm bringing this to like the armory, I'm surprised. I'm surprised we had t- two amps. To be honest, I can't. I'm remember. surprised we had the gear to practice. Yeah, I had a guitar, an SG copy, for one of my birthdays, and it must have been a fifteen watt PV. I don't know. So it was shite anyway. But yeah. I, Yours had effects on, didn't it? It had, um, I say, effects. Re- it had the <laughs> reverb dial, yeah. And yeah, I felt fucking, oh, I felt like I was the man. Yeah, but no more than reverb because that's not rootsy. But uh, I think well, that was one of the things with your guitar, Matty. You couldn't tune it because it was broken. You had to use a spanner and like, oh man. And so yeah. we we were looking at, at you doing that <laughs> and thinking, 
We're saying you there, like with your drum kit, one step up from pots and pans. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think it, it, it had, I think it was like a, a performance plus kit. So I think it was like, like pretty low level kids kit, but it did have a good snare because the fella in the shop couldn't find the snare drum, so he gave me a good one. It's like the guy in Kaylee's. Uh, so he used to let us play in his electric drums and all that stuff. Half decent cymbals. The kit was not bad, and the snare drum was was good enough to get me through teenage kicks for three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, that that was and no no microphone. We didn't even didn't even enter our heads to get. It was just mad in him. You think about it now. We just we didn't even think. Oh, we're gonna need microphones. So I just shouted. So I think because you hadn't heard the lyrics. Really, I was probably quite nervous. So when you say, "What's that song called?" Like to say, "Lightning Struck Through." Like now, I'd be like, oh, "It's called this. It's called that." But back then, I was like, "Oh, they might think I'm a bit, I'm a bit daft, or they might think I'm, I'm a bit, oh, a bit pretentious." So the moment they kind of give some brutally horrific porn <laughs> reference, I'm like, "Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. And so yeah, I, I just think as well that was our thing because like other people had like turn other other bands and they'd have like equipment and like. They'd have like things they were doing, and we we were pra- they had like practice rooms and stuff, and we were practicing <laughs> in my bedroom, and we had no money yeah. apart from Bob. Um, yeah. So like to turn up where my drums were in bin bags because I didn't have anything else, and to like basically watch you tune up with a spanner, which was hilarious. <laughs> to have songs that were horrific names was just like adding to it because it was just like uh, use and importance. Yeah, I've heard Lars, mate. That, yeah. that was kind of like just dismissing everyone. We we can mess around because when when we play, everyone all dig us, kind of thing. That's it. It was that belief from the off, from that first night. That belief that just it just triumphed any anything practical. Like, well, can you play? Can you play a bar chord, Rowie? Matty, you're tuning your guitar with a with a spanner. Stay, you know. We we just we just knew. It's it's one of them, isn't it? Like, imagine trying to be anything more than half fast. <laughs> And it's just like, why, why, why would you bother starting like that? Yeah, you might as well start like this. It's the most basic it's gonna get. But guess what? You don't have to. The bar ain't set that high, so let's just go for it. Yeah, because that that's all you needed. Like cliche division, the dream, whatever. It's all to come. It's all to come. So why why bother putting yourself on a pedestal? Because it don't matter. It really doesn't matter. As long as you've got like someone smiling to the left, to the right of you, you're all right, you know. So Long Too Long is a podcast written by me, Matty Lachman Day, also starring Liam Rowlands and Steve Buckman. For more information, search So Long Too Long Podcast on all socials or email us at solongtoolongpod at gmail.com. So Long Too Long is part of the Club Shipwreck Network. For more information, go to www.patreon.com slash clubshipwrecked. Thanks to John Gibbons and the Anfield Rap for Loan of the Studio. I like playing in the bath, man.